Okay. Once again, I don't know where to start. I have... There's one story I plan on ending with. But I don't know which way I'm going to go. I'm, I'm still figuring it out. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the Boogie Cousins story first. No, you know what? No, I can't. I can't. I can't. I, mentally, I can't do it. Conor McGregor. I'm, I am so tired of this man. I, I, I'm so tired of this man. He, Conor McGregor, he needs to go see a psychologist or psychiatrist. He needs to do something because some, he has an, he has an anger problem. He ha, he has a problem with people. He, I, he just can't quite interact with people. Um, and I, I'm, you know, I, I gotta be honest. I just don't know how you can defend what he did. This, this is just, I, I, I'm just, I'm so tired of this man. I'm so tired of this man. Conor McGregor, he, he can't stay out of trouble. He just has something in April. I just, I, 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 I don't, I don't know. Let, let me just, let me just get into the article. In case you don't know, let me just explain to you what happened. Here's the article from MMAmania.com. Okay. Um, here's the headline. Dana White on Conor McGregor punching elderly man. What's it going to cost him to say enough's enough? Here we go. A video of Conor McGregor punching an elderly man inside an inside an Irish pub earlier this year is making the rounds, four months after the incident took place. So this happened in April. Okay, so keep that in mind. This, this did not just happen. It's just now we now see the footage of it. And that's, you know, it's so amazing. It's so amazing. When you see, it's amazing how you can hear about something, but once you actually see it, it's totally different. Um, you know, visuals are just so powerful. I mean, think of all the, think of all the news that have broken out and then the video comes out and then it's released and things can immediately just blow up because you can hear about a headline just like, oh, okay, you know, you know, that's unfortunate, you know, that's terrible or things like that. But then when you see it for yourself, it's like, wow, this it's, it can, it can make you think that it's much worse than, than it is. Or it just it just changes your perspective on things because now you have something that you can actually look at and you're not just um, fantasizing or you know imagining things in your head. Okay, here we go. While the root of what caused the meltdown is unknown, the video clearly shows Notorious, and if you don't know who that is, that's uh, Conor McGregor, who has a bottle of his proper number twelve in hand, trying to serve the man a drink, to which he denies on two separate occasions. A few seconds later, the man is eating a punch to the side of his face. Now, you Ultimate Fighting Championship, UFC President Dana White is chiming in on the incident, saying that while he was aware of it a few months back, the video is news to him as well. That happened in April. I knew that happened. They just got the video. It's pretty bad, White said when speaking to Jim Rome recently. Not allegedly, it's pretty clear it's him. So apparently this was in a pub in Ireland, and it was an argument. At least he did it in his own country this time. At least he was actually, 
you know, in Ireland and not in the States. Because, you know, he's caused some problems in the States here. And you know, just in case you don't know, Conor McGregor is not a U.S. citizen. Okay? So, luckily for, for Conor, he was in his homeland where he's, you know, more popular and more, I guess you could say just more, I would say probably more well-liked there, more accepted. Um, but he, let me keep going. Um, so apparently this was in a pub in Ireland and it was an argument over whiskey. There are certain things that, there are certain things in life that are, that are worth physically fighting over. Okay. Um, number one would probably, probably, probably be, um, your life. Okay. If your life is, if your life is in immediate danger and you have a chance of losing your life, you fight. Okay, that's that's perfectly reasonable and perfectly acceptable. Okay, um, I would also say okay if, um, you know your you know if your uh your kids if something is going on with them and their life is in danger, and um say someone is trying to kidnap them and you can you should go and take care of the business and risk losing your life to save your kids. I'm gonna say this. Whiskey, beer, alcohol is not worth getting into a physical fight over. You can argue of which is better or here I want you to drink this, not this. So I'm just, I'm just assuming here. I'm just assuming here. Okay. Connor was upset that this man was not drinking, um, the beer that Connor, uh, created. And so that really bothered Connor, and because it bothered him so much, he's like, you know what? Let me just go. Let me just go give him some. Let me let me do it my. Let me, uh, let you know. Let me just get, give him some. Okay. So he says. So he tries to do it, and he says, um, you know, the guy says no. Th- pretty much no, thank you. And then uh, he tries it again later. You know, here you go. I said this before. No, thank you. And I'm just paraphrasing here. Okay. Uh, number, the third time, Connor is, uh, he's, he is emotional enough. He's livid enough to where he now feels the need to react physically. And so he gives this man his left hand in the form of a fist. To the face. Okay. Um. Here we go. I don't know. Connor has a whiskey now. And it was an argument over whiskey. And Connor reaches out and hits him with a left hook. He added. I don't know the context of it. I don't know the entire story. But he punches a guy. An older man in the face. Of course this isn't the first time. McGregor has blown a fuse. As he most recently settled with an overzealous fan. After he took the man's phone. And slammed it to pieces. Uh, I remember that. And of course, there was the now infamous drama that unfolded after he decided to crash UFC 223 made uh, media day in Brooklyn. I, me- I remember that day where, you know, they saw the, the video and, you know, he's he's grabbing a dolly and he's throwing it out a window. Um, and it, it, it was just it was just so dumb because because Habib, I'm, if I remember correctly, he was not even on that bus 
but it was his teammates who were on that bus. So he attacks the teammates and he just, he just, Conor, Conor McGregor, there's just something in his head and it's, it's off. There's something wrong with Conor McGregor. And I'm going to tell you something. Conor, it would not surprise me if Conor one day, and this is going to sound really harsh. It's going to, it may sound really mean, but here we go. I, it would not surprise me if Conor McGregor was just found one day dead. Just, just dead. Died of, uh, alcohol poisoning or, you know, he fell off a cliff or, uh, he got hit by a car because he was taunting someone and, you know, it, it, it just wouldn't surprise me because the Bible, the Bible says if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And what that means is when you live a violent lifestyle, when you, when you are a violent person and you handle things in a violent manner, it increases your chances of, it increases your chances of dying in a violent manner. Okay? So, you know, usually if you, if you live peacefully and you do, you do pretty much things normally and you go about your business, the odds of you getting killed in a violent, the odds of you dying in a violent manner are very small. But when you are, when you are a person who is just violent and you go and you hit people and you hurt people and you, you know, you know, you can look at like, uh, gangbangers. Okay, so they live a violent lifestyle, you know, um, tagging, stealing, killing. So they, they do violent activities and that increases their chances of dying in a violent way by being stabbed or shot or run over or, you know, and, and people tied to those people also have a chance, have a high chance of dying in a violent manner. So Conor McGregor, it's, it's very possible that he could just die in, in a way that would not be a nice, peaceful death. And what Connor needs to understand, Connor, Connor has a son. He has a son. And as Connor, as a father, you need to, I personally am not a dad, but I do understand parenting and kids. The first example of adults that they have is mommy and daddy. So they look at, so they look at mommy and daddy and they see, okay, um, when this situation happens, kids are very, very smart. The human brain from the get go is learning immediately. So, you know, you can't, you can't waste, you know, that time when they're young and just, you know, baby talk them. Don't do that. That's stupid. You know, you're, you're, you're hurting their ability to learn and their ability to gain information. Okay. So their brain is always going and they're always making connections and things like that. Okay. So, uh, Connor's son looks at his dad and he sees that his dad, um, he fights for a living. So, you know, when he, when he's in the ring, he's fighting. And then there are instances where Connor is not, he is definitely not in the ring or octagon, whatever you want to call it. He's not in the octagon and he is, you know, punching people. He's grabbing people's phones and throwing them on the ground. Now, not to say in the phone incident, okay, that guy, um, that guy was being overzealous. I, I will, I will concede that. that. That is true. I won't condone that. Okay. Celebrities, celebrities do have it tough because you have people who want to, you know, they want to, they want your picture. They want their picture with you. They want your autograph. They want something from you. Um, but 
that still as you know as a celebrity you need to understand that you being in the public eye you can't just act any kind of way because you are because you are in the public eye and people look at you all the time and they're waiting to see they're waiting to see you mess up they're waiting for you to do something wrong so that way they can point at it okay so both parties were wrong in that scenario but connor there's no reason you should have just grabbed his phone and slammed it on the ground there's just no reason for that Okay, so Connor's son, he sees his dad doing these things. He sees um, that his dad is not married to his mom because Connor, for some reason, doesn't want to commit, probably because he's afraid or because he wants to sleep around, or I don't know. I'm just, th- these are just ideas off the top of my head. Um, but that is what happens with these, w- w- with situations like this. There's no reason. There's no reason for Connor to be acting like this. There, mentally, mentally, there was something wrong with it. There's something wrong with him. Okay, where am I? To hear why tell it, more often than not, there will always be some sort of issues lingering around a fighter who hits people for a living and now has money to show for it. On that note, there comes a time when he or she has to realize that the dent is causing their image and or bank account simply isn't worth it. And that's what you need to... Pro fighters, they are blessed to have a living where they can, I don't, I don't know how to really, I'll just, I'll just put it as simply as possible. They are paid to fight. If, here's, here's the great thing about professional fighting. If you have beef with someone and they are also a professional fighter of some kind, say you're in boxing or martial arts or, you know, anything like that where where you can physically put hands on someone and fight. Okay, you are paid to do that. You are in a you are in an occupation that if you have beef with someone, you can set a date, set a weight, and fight in in public in front in front of in front of hundreds if not thousands or millions of people. That 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 is what they that that is a blessing. Some people wish they had. That 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 is amazing. I mean, if you have a beef if you have beef with someone. You know, you can't really put hands on them. But if you're a professional fighter, you can do that. So, Connor, you are in you are in a profession where if you have beef with someone, you can fight them. But most people aren't like that. Most people do not fight for a living. Most people do not earn money to throw punches or elbows or knees or, you know, kicks or things like that. Most people aren't paid to do that. Okay. You get to a point... Where you look, I'm back in the article. You get to a point where you look at a guy like Connor and you look at the bus incident in New York and the camera, the phone, the guy, the picture of him in Miami and he slaps the phone away from him. Um, what's the number? White said, what's it going to cost Connor McGregor before he decides, all right, this isn't worth it. Enough is enough. I need to stop doing this. Connor doesn't see, Connor probably doesn't see anything wrong with his actions. There, for Connor, for Connor, there is no number. I don't think that's the issue here. The issue is his mentality. His issue is, I don't like something. I don't like something. And so therefore, instead of just trying to remove myself from the situation, I am going to react violently, whether it's slapping or hitting or trying to physically threaten someone. Okay, here, right here, this this older guy, he's just sitting... He's just doing his thing in the pub. He's just he's just there, you know, sitting there doing his thing. And then he gets an offer to drink a certain whiskey. 
okay, uh, Connor, I don't want that. Thank you, you know, thanks, you know, you're cool. We love you here in Ireland, but, you know, I don't want your whiskey. And then you offer it to me again. It's like, Connor, okay, I don't want it. Go away, please. I just want to, I just want to sit here and drink my beer. And so because Connor did not like that, Connor tits this guy in the side of the head. And that, that, that's just not okay. The incident in New York cost him millions. Millions he had to pay out. He had to pay the guy with the phone. What's he going to pay this guy that he hit in the bar? The list just goes on and on. I just don't know when he wakes up and says, I've got to stop doing this. Dana also revealed that he did talk to Connor a few weeks ago, but the incident was never brought up. As far as UFC handing down some sort of punishment for Connor's actions, that won't likely happen as the former champ, champ was never officially charged with anything by the police. Connor McGregor, he needs a psychologist. He needs, he needs to, he needs to sit down and he needs to get his mind right. That, that is his problem. He, he doesn't, he doesn't know what to do here. His, his, his tendency is to just, to, to hit. Connor, if you want to hit, if you want to hit people, unretire, get back in the octagon, and fight somebody. That, that, that is what you should be doing as someone who, 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 who fights for a living. You aren't, you're not in a situation where you have, oh, let's say, uh, you know, someone is a banker. You know, that, you know, they work with numbers and things like that. They work with money. But you, you, you need to sit down and you need to get your mind right. You can't, Connor, you can't just hit people. You can't slap people's possessions away from them. You can't, you can't take a dolly and throw it out a bus. You can't, you can't do these things. You hurt, you hurt people, Connor. You, 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 you can do that in the ring because that's what, you, that's your job and that's the career you chose. In order to get paid, you have, you have to hurt the other person and be good, be good at what you do. But when you come, you don't live in the ring. You, eventually you come out of the ring and you become part of the regular world. And in the regular world, one person, private people can't just hit people because they don't like what they do. This is not, this isn't war where you're, where you're fighting for political matters or things like that. You hit a guy. You hit a guy. No, no, I won't even say hit. You punched a guy because of, because of whiskey. Whiskey. Not, not because he insulted you to your face. Not because he threw his beer in your face. Not because he, he, he wasn't rooting for you or anything like that. But because he did not want your proper number 12 whiskey. There is something, there is something mentally wrong with Conor McGregor. And I don't know what that thing is, but he needs to sit down and he needs to get his mind right. Okay. Now, the, the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm, I'm done, I'm done with Conor McGregor. I, I have what I, I just gotta say this. I have a my roommate. He is a big fan of Conor McGregor, um, mostly because he's Irish, which I think is a strange reason. But anyway, you know, he's he's the only guy I know who just 
who pretty much condones what Connor does. I and I I, I ask him. I'm like I'm you know I I tell him. I'm like, how can you defend what he does outside of the octagon? And, and what and what he says is like, you know, that's just where he comes from. Just because you come, so just because you come from from a bad place, it's okay to just practice that and just hit people. Is is that is that is that what it is? Because that's really not okay. Just because I come from a bad part of you know, just because I come from the wrong side of the tracks or because I come from the wrong, you know, I come from a certain place does not mean it's okay to hit people. You know, it, it, it is a, it is a societal norm. I mean, I mean, okay, I'll say this. Where Connor comes from is Ireland and Ireland has a history of being very tumultuous. They've had conflicts for centuries. You know, families fight families, clans fight clans, and things like that, and things would just get really personal. And, uh, you know, it, that's a, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother episode in terms of the history of, you know, Southern, Southern Europe and, uh, you know, things like that, and, you know, how, how it affects their values, and, you know, people over there migrated to the South, and that's why the South is so different. That's an entirely different lesson. The point is, Connor, you can't hit people. And you, what you do cannot be defended. It cannot be defended. There's, there's no excuse to hit people when you are not being hit. That, that's just the nature of the matter. You can't, you can't solve your problems. You can't solve your disagreements. You can't solve your, your, your beef. With hitting all the time. You can't do that. You cannot do that. And there's no, there was no reason for him to do this. There's no reason for him to do this. You realize, you know, this is, this is now the second situation that Connor has instigated. Physically. Now, you know, in UFC, in the fighting world, you know, I'm not really a big fan of the whole, the whole fighting situation. Because what you have to do to sell a fight, you have to talk and talk and talk and trash talk. And, you know, say, oh, this person is terrible. This person, you know, they're not good at what they do. This person is weak. Oh, you know, you have all that trash talk, okay? And that, that you know, that's part of the business, okay? Um, But when you see Connor, Connor feels the need that, okay, I can say anything I want. I can say anything that I want. And, and, that, and that's okay. But if something is said to him that he does not like, he just has a tendency to react physically. And he, 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 uh, he attacks people that he does not need to be attacking. The bus incident with him, I was done. I was, I was 100% done with Conor McGregor. He was so mad. He was so mad about what, what would some, Literally, literally some words that were said where he, he, he goes, he goes crazy in Brooklyn, not in his country, mind you, not in his country. And, you know, if you don't, if you don't really remember that whole incident, you have to remember, he was in Ireland. Think about this. Comments were made at the time they were made. He was in Ireland. He gets, he gets a plane. He gets a private plane. Him and 40 of his goons 
fly from Ireland to Brooklyn, New York, land in Brooklyn, New York. It's uh, just so you know, that's like that's that's a twelve-hour flight. That is a twelve-hour flight, which is plenty of time to think. You know, do I do we really just are we really doing this? Are we getting on a private plane and flying twelve hours just to go just to go throw a temper tantrum in a different country that is not ours just because of some words? So he gets so he gets a, gets on a flight, flies twelve hours, lands in Brooklyn. Uh, goes to the Barclays Center, which is where this took place, has an absolute tantrum, but, you know, you're, you're getting glass in people's eyes, and, you know, you're, 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 you're attacking people, you're attacking teammates of the guy. It's, it's just a mess. Conor McGregor, he, he, he has a problem. He has a serious problem. He is sick in his mind. His, his mind is sick. He need, he need, he needs serious, serious help. Now, on to these Lakers. These Lakers, you know, I already, you already meant, I already mentioned. They have no vision. The Los Angeles Lakers have a situation where, as I mentioned before, they pretty much have three head coaches. They have no basketball. They have no president of basketball operations. They have LeBron. They have Anthony Davis. They have, uh, they have, um, Boogie Cousins, who now has torn his ACL. He has now torn his ACL. When I saw the headline, all I could do was just shrug my shoulders because I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised. He hurt, he, so he hurt his left leg. He hurt his left leg. Okay. So here, here, here's his injury history. So January of last year, January 2018, um, he was with the Pelicans and he, uh, his Achilles ruptured. Um, or, you know, I'll just say tear. I don't think it ruptured. I think it was just a tear. Okay. So he heals and recovers from that. Um, you know, he pretty much plays no basketball, uh, with the, when he comes with the Warriors. And, uh, he gets on the team. They make the playoffs. He come, he finally comes in. And then, you know, it's early in the playoffs, and he hurts, he tears his left quadriceps. That was in April. Now, playoffs are over. Uh, Warriors lost. Uh, Boogie Cousins, uh, he signs a one-year deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. And now he probably won't even be able to play that. He, he, he won't even be able to do that. Because he has now torn his ACL. He tore his ACL. This, and look, look, this is, this is just, this is just unlucky. This is unfortunate. This is really sad. I don't like seeing great players. I don't, first of all, I don't like seeing any player get hurt. I don't like that. I want to see, you know, I don't want to see people get injured because I know injuries, it's a long healing process. It's a lot of work. Um, money, you know, just, you're not, not just playing, but you know, just your life changes because you can't walk normally. You gotta go everywhere with crutches, and you're 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 moving slowly, and it just really inconveniences your life. So I hate seeing players get hurt. What I hate even more is seeing great and you know, you know, stars get hurt. Because because when you go to an NBA game or just watch NBA basketball, you are watching the stars. No one, no one. Turns on the TV and is like, you know what? I can't wait to see what Lonzo Ball does 
I, I can't wait to see what him and Brandon Ingram do with the Pelicans. I, I, I just can't wait to see what they do tonight. I can't wait to see what Kyle Kuzma. I can't wait to see Kyle Kuzma and company. I, you know, I can't, you know, we, we watch games primarily for stars. We, we really, we really watch it for stars. Okay. And so when stars are hurt, now, you know, there's, there's kind of a, there's kind of less of appeal. Okay. So LeBron is still healthy. Anthony Davis, he's, you know, healthy. And actually, actually, I take that back. We don't know how healthy LeBron actually is. We, 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 we truthfully don't know. Okay. And we also don't really know the state of Anthony Davis and his health. Okay. So you have two stars. The Lakers just cannot catch a break. Um, so pretty much what happened, pretty much what happened, um, he was in, he was working out in Vegas. He was playing, it appeared to be a pickup game and, uh, he was driving into the basket and, uh, he planted, uh, and then he hurt his, he hurt his leg. He, he tore his ACL and you could, TMZ released a video. TMZ just somehow gets everything, man. I, I don't know how they do it, but TMZ pretty much, they released the video and you can see like instantly he screams and usually when an athlete screams, um, cause you know, it's not the, it's not the sound effect that they make, um, when, when there's contact, there's, there's a scream of pain that they, that they hear. And that's what you hear with DeMarcus Cousins. So he probably instantly knew my ACL. He probably instantly knew it. The second he felt it, it, the first thought in his head is like, that's my ACL. Feels a pain, screams, goes down, and you can see the other players, the other players that are playing, they they can already tell what it is too. So I mean, Demarcus Cousins, he's a big dude, and you've already okay. Here's the thing, you've already you've already hurt your you already tore your Achilles, so your so your so your skill. You you're now you will now never be the player that you that you would have been. Okay, so he, you know, he was, you know, he was still getting better. He was still working hard and getting better. But eventually, when he tore his, when he, uh, when he had an Achilles tear, that dropped to what he could have possibly been. His, his peak, his ceiling dropped. Okay. So as a, so as a power forward slash center or whatever you want to call him, he's a big dude. And so on your lower extremities and your, your lower, you know, your legs and your feet, you want you want less you want the least amount of weight as possible. And Boogie Cousins, I want to say he is six uh oh wow, six nine, I think. But I'm not I'm not entirely sure. I think he's I think he's six nine, six ten, six eleven, something like that. But I'm not Entirely sure. Anyway, the point is, Demarcus Cousins is a big dude, and even though he dropped weight, he's six eleven. He's six eleven. That's what uh, TMZ says. The six eleven center pointed at his right knee as help rushed over. Okay, so you know he gets hurt, and by the way, he's twenty nine. Demarcus Cousins is twenty nine. He he hadn't even hit thirty yet. So I'm. Where he, he's already a big dude, 
you tear your you tear your your Achilles, which is which is pretty much any athlete's worst nightmare. It's probably it's probably a bigger nightmare than their than ACL tears. It, it probably it's probably a bigger nightmare than ACL tears. I'd I'd probably say that Achilles is number I'd probably say Achilles is number one, ACL is number two. Okay, so now one leg in one leg you tear your Achilles. Okay, um, like six, probably 16, 15, 16 months later, uh, your quad, you hurt your quad, and that's not a fun injury either. That, that hurts. Okay, and now, you know, you, you think you recover from that, you think you're pretty good, you're not, you're now not the player that you, that you were when you got hurt in January, but you're like, okay, I think I've gotten a new normal now. And then this happens. You tear your ACL with a couple of months to go until tip-off. Now, if I'll say this: if the Lakers make the playoffs, we might see we might see Boogie Cousins, and I do think the Lakers will make the playoffs. Will they do too much? No, they won't. The, the Lakers the Lakers don't have a vision right now. Um. That that is a situation. That is the situation that we have with Boogie Cousins, and it is so unfortunate. I I really I really hate seeing this. I was looking forward to seeing what the Lakers would do this year. I, I was I was really looking forward to it. Now, mind you, I now obviously I admitted I have no hope in them winning winning the championship. I still I have the Clippers as my number one team. Okay. But this right here, it, it, it increases the, it increases the gap that the Clippers get from the Lakers. Now, it's still a Laker town, because the Clippers need to win some championships. Uh, because right now the count for the Clippers is zero. So, this, this is just really unfortunate, and I hate seeing stuff like this. This really, this really upsets me, and this really, this really does grind my gears but I you know what 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 can we do what can we do this is this is from ESPN uh Los Angeles Lakers DeMarcus Cousins has suffered a torn ACL in his left knee uh agent Jeff Jeff Schwartz of XL Sports told ESPN putting his availability for next season in jeopardy there is no timeline for surgery Cousins visited team physicians in Los Angeles on Thursday confirmed the diagnosis which <clears throat> which shows a third serious leg injury in the past year and a half. So 18 months. That's that's pretty much that's pretty much a new injury every six months. It's no joke when you get injured, Lakers teammate Kyle Kuzma said after USA basketball's practice at the Lakers facility on Thursday. This is our livelihood, and it's something that we love to do. It's super unfortunate for a guy like Demarcus because you just tell how much he loves basketball through all of these injuries. He's fought back and tried to get back as early as possible. This kind of, that's kind of how the ball goes sometimes. You never really, you just never really know. He's going to be a big part of what we're going to do. Now, I'm going to say this. What he said is huge. You never, you just never really know. Now, I'm a huge proponent, proponent of education and having a backup plan, especially when you are an athlete. When you, because most people, being a professional athlete, is very very hard. If your goal is to play at the highest level, 
the top 1% of the top 1% make it. You, I mean, you have to be phenomenal to make it in, in professional sports. And just one thing can just end your career. So many careers have ended because of injuries. Okay, so that's why I think it's so important to get an education and have, you know, have, you know, have the ability to fall back on something if something happens. I think of, uh, I think of that one guy who got drafted, who was about to get drafted. His name was Isaiah something in the NBA. And the day before he got, I want to say it was the, the exact day before he got drafted, 24 hours before he was going to get drafted, he found out he had a heart condition and could not play basketball. How devastating is that? You work your whole life, mornings, afternoons, nights, all the sacrifice you've put in. And you're about, you think you have, you have a chance of getting drafted in 24 hours and your doctor comes in and he looks you in your eye and he says, you can't play professional basketball. There's something wrong with your heart where you cannot play. That, that is just absolutely devastating. I mean, some people, they would have a mental breakdown because they would think I've done this my whole life. I put, I've invested all my life into this. So many people have supported me and all of this and then bang, like that, that my, my dream and my hopes are gone. So I think education is so important for things like this. So I'll, I'll just say this. I am not, I'm not an athlete. Okay. But if you are an athlete, you know, have a backup plan. If you are trying, if you're trying to go pro, I'll, I'll say this to those athlete, to those kids and those athletes, who want to go pro and just do do pro sports for a living. I strongly suggest that you get an education as well. Get a strong education and have have some backup plans, you know, have businesses in mind and things like that. Something that can make you money and make, you know, that can help you and your family. Because the the odds are you will not make it to to where you seek to be. You will not make it to the NFL. You will not make it to the NBA. You will not make it to Major League Baseball. You will not make it to Major League Soccer. You know, I, th- I think of baseball, you know, you have single A, double A, triple A, and then the majors. There are some people who get drafted and they never, ever, they think, oh my God, I've been drafted. Yes, I'm on my way. There are some people who spend decades, you know, almost two decades in the minors, trying to get to the majors, and they never make it. And you can't really, you can't really make a living off what you earn in AAA, a AA, and single A. I mean, I mean, you probably could AAA, but AA, definitely not single A. I mean, it's just, it's just so, you know, that that's just a, ta- uh, a tangent I went off. But education is just so important for those, for everyone. Um. And I'm not, I'm not saying formal education, but you just need, you need a backup plan and you need to, um, be knowledgeable about a certain field or area or something that you want to go into. So that way, if, if, if it fails, which statistically it's going to fail, it may not even be injury. It may just be skill. There's only so much skill that you have. You can practice for hours and hours and hours a day. You can do like Colin Kaepernick says. I put in five hours. I put in, you know, I put in this kind of work five hours, five days a week. You may, you may be doing all the work that you need to and you, you just cannot get there. 
and that that's terribly unfortunate. So it's just so important to have something, some things in your back pockets. Okay, back back to Boogie Cousins. Um, Cousins, a four-time All-Star, already has his mobility compromised with a left Achilles tear in January 2018 and a quadriceps tear in April. Cousins, 29, was working out in Las Vegas on Monday when he had to leave the court. The loss of Cousins could prompt All-Star forward Anthony Davis to play more center for the Lakers this season, with JaVale McGee playing more minutes at the backup spot. JaVale McGee, what a joke. Cousins signed a one-year, $3.5 million contract with the Lakers in July. Well, that year is pretty much gone. He was expect- he was expected to be a part of a team, expected to be among the NBA's elite this season. In his nine NBA seasons, Cousins has averaged 21.2 points and 10.9 rebounds per game. During his one-year deal with Golden State last season, he spent most of his time rehabbing the Achilles injury before playing 30 regular season games. That really didn't mean anything. He suffered the quad injury in Game 2 of a first-round playoff series. Uh, he returned in Game 1 of the NBA Finals against Toronto. So that that's what's going on with the Lakers. This, this is terribly unfortunate, man. I just, I hate seeing things like this. I never, I don't want to see players get injured. I'm not even the biggest DeMarcus Cousins fan in terms of the person. Skill, that man can play. He can absolutely, he can ball. Okay. Now, right here. This, this is a story that is not related to sports. This is my last story of the day. Mount Everest climbers to face new rules after deadly season. This is from Fox News, okay? Um, well, let, let me just, let me just give you some statistics first, okay? So, you may think, you may think that, um, your chance of dying in, uh, on Mount Everest is really, really high. And that's not true. That's not true, okay? Um, I guess you could say, I guess, you could say, okay, well, let me just say this. Um, you have a 1.2% chance of dying. This is according to National Geographic on, uh, you know, climbing Mount Everest. There's a whole article on it. You can read it and, you know, it gives stats and, you know, where it is. It's in, if you don't know, it's in the Himalayas. Um, but I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. When it comes to, when it comes to um, climbing Mount Everest, you know there are certain there are certain activities where you have to be you have to be a little bit crazy to do, like uh, like fighting. Uh, you know we talk about with Conor McGregor. We already know that most of these guys that go in the ring they're crazy because there's something in you. No one wants to get hit. That, that, that's just, that's just human nature. You naturally do not want to be hit. So there's a mechanism in these guys' heads or, and women in their heads. And they are like, you know what? I, you know what? I, I don't mind getting hit because it's, it's worth the money. It's worth the fame. Some guys, they just want to fight or do, you know, whatever the reason is. Okay. Some, you know, some like to do, uh, I think it's called, I think it's called bonsai skydiving, 
where it's pretty much you throw your back, you throw the parachute out of the plane, and then you jump out with no parachute, and you go and pursue the parachute on your way to the ground. You gotta be a little bit crazy to do something like that. I'm not going to do that myself. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say this, you know, space exploration, astronauts, people who wanna, you know, be out, you know, out of the earth and out of the earth's atmosphere and just be in space and possibly go to Mars. Um, you, there's something in your brain where it's like you're different than everyone else because just try, try wrapping your head around not being on the earth, not being on the earth or in its atmosphere, but you are pretty much in a vast vacuum. You're in a vast, enormous vacuum of space and it's cold and all those things. And you can see pretty much forever and what you're used to doing, you can't do. You can't, you can't really walk normally. Everything is different. So there are certain, my point is, there are certain activities where you are, you are wired differently. You just, you just, you think differently. Most of these things are not things everyone can do. I mean, they can, but they just don't want to. Okay. So anyway, you have a 1.2 chance. Um, here's the exact quote. As, as of the end of the 2018 season, the Himalayan database reports that 295 people are known to have died climbing Mount Everest. While there have been 9,159 successful summit climbs by 5,294 people. So, okay, actually, here's my question. Here's the real question. Okay. So, if it, if it's 9,000, whatchamacallit, if it's 9,000, uh, successful attempts, successful, successful climbs, how many, how many attempted? Because I'm going to tell you something. Um, those many who try don't succeed. That's, that's just, that's just the nature of it. Because some people are just like, you know what? It's just not worth it. I thought I wanted to do this. It's too high. It's too hard. Um, I'm too sick. And you can, you can really get sick climbing Mount Everest. You know, that, that lack of oxygen can really affect your body. It's, you know, I can't remember, I can't remember what exactly it's called, but there are so many things. Um, and what you, what you also have to understand is, um, like oxygen tanks and things like that. They're not reliable at, at these at these elevations because they're not meant to be reliable at that at that elevation. Um here we go. At twenty nine thousand thirty five feet, I, I can't even imagine that. Everest summit has approximately one third the air pressure that exists at sea level, which significantly reduces a climber's ability to breathe in enough oxygen. Because of this, so pretty much what that's saying if you can't do math, uh, if you do three breaths up there, it's, it's the equivalent to one breath down here. So you are really, really, really struggling to breathe. Because of this, scientists have determined that the human body is not capable of remaining indefinitely above 19,000 feet. As climbers move higher up the mountain and their oxygen intake is reduced, their bodies are increasingly at risk for a number of ailments, including pulmonary edema, cerebral edema, uh, and blood embolisms embolisms um the chances of frostbite are also dramatically increased as such 
altitude as the heart works harder to pump blood around the body delivering oxygen. The life-giving organs are first priority, digits are last. Um, and in case you didn't know, uh, when, when you're cold, the reason your hands and your, the reason your hands are shaking, um, is because blood, when you're cold, your blood is trying to, to protect your organs first. It's trying to make sure those are well circulated and those have enough blood. Extremities are last. I remember this one girl, I remember this one girl, um, she was, she was, uh, we were talking and she was like, so why do, so like, how come when guys like get in a pool or take a bath, how come their penis shrinks? And I, and I explained it to her, I was like, well, the penis is technically an extremity. And so because it's not, because it's not a vital organ, blood, blood flow is not going to go there. So that's why, you know, when it's cold, it shrinks. And she, she was, she was absolutely fascinated with that. She was like, wow, really? That's amazing. I had no idea. I thought it was just something stupid. And I was like, no, that's real. And that's, and that's the reason. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't know why I just shared that. But anyway, the vast majority of climbers ascending Everest use tanks of oxygen to reduce the effects of extreme altitude. However, bottled oxygen has its own drawbacks and risks. For starters, it's expensive, heavy to carry, and empty cylinders are frequently abandoned as litter. Furthermore, breathing gas only increases the relative oxygen about the same level to about the same level as the air at base camp, as if it runs out on summit day. The body might not be able to adapt to the sudden lack of oxygen. So what, here's what people need to understand. Um, with oxygen, you can't just, you can't really just breathe straight oxygen. You can't do that. Your, our bodies aren't made to do that. We, in the atmosphere, there are, you know, I want to say only 21% of, uh, this is just off the top of my head. I think if I remember correctly, only 21% of the air that is breathed can be, that in the atmosphere is oxygen. The rest of it, I want to say like 70, I think like 76, 79% is like nitrogen. Um, but anyway, anyway, th- that, that's just off the top of my head. I could have the numbers completely wrong, but anyway, there's not relatively, there's not a lot of oxygen in the atmosphere. So when you go up, you, you know, you you, you lack, you know, oxygen is just less, gases are less dense and they're more spread out. Um, because you know, you're just, you're just so high up and, uh, our bodies aren't made to just breathe oxygen. You can't just. If you just took oxygen and you just walked around for a day and just breathed in that oxygen, your body would kind of, it would kind of reject it. You can't just breathe in oxygen by itself. You're not supposed to breathe in pure oxygen. Okay. So that's why they can't do that. And those things, if you've ever lifted one, it's extremely heavy and it becomes even more heavy when you don't have enough oxygen. So everything immediately feels heavier. You're already carrying your backpack. You're carrying your tank. You're carrying all of those things. And, you know, it's just really hard. But the mo- the point, I'm, the, I really got, I kind of went a little far. But Mount, but Mount Everest climbers are supposed to face new rules after deadly season. I gotta say this. If you, if you are stupid enough, and yes, I said stupid enough, uh, to climb Mount Everest, because it, 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 it takes, it takes, I, well, maybe not stupid. If you are crazy enough to climb Mount Everest, you know, you, there are just certain risks you have to be willing to take. And I know, I know Nepal, and that, that's where the, that's where the Himalayas are. Um, 
or specifically Mount Everest, because Mount Everest is in between Nepal and uh, Tibet, um, right on, like right on the border. Um, but these, you know, there were just too many deaths, and it was just so overcrowded. Um, but, you know, these people are willingly trying to do something that humans really aren't meant to do. Humans are not, humans are not designed to climb really, really high mountains. And Mount Everest, it's still growing. Just in case you didn't know, mountains, you know, mountains continue, they grow and then they, 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 uh, they shrink. That's how, that's how, uh, the earth works. But anyway, you know, we're just, we're just not made to climb Mount Everest. We're not, we're not made to be at 29,035 feet. That is really, really, really high. Now, if you do it, if you do it, good for you. Congratulations. Um, I believe that I believe it builds grit. I believe it builds tenacity. I believe it builds strength. I believe it builds courage. Um, and I think I think I think it can be a really good exercise. I mean, only only the strong will will survive and win. I'm going to tell you right now. If someone challenged me to climb Mount Everest, first of all, I wouldn't even take the challenge. Um, but if someone if someone told me if someone told me, okay, I'll give you, I will give you a blank check to climb to the peak to Mount Everest's, the, the summit of Mount Everest. And you don't get it. You don't get the blank check unless you reach it. I'm not doing it. You know why? Because I know I would be that 1.2% that dies on the way. Having sickle cell anemia, I already should not really be in the cold. And Mount Everest is cold. And you're already going higher, so it's going to be even colder. So I, I know I would be one of the 1.2% um, group that dies. I have, I have no chance in Mount Everest. I, I, I have 0% chance. So, you know, if, you know, that's, that's really all I have to really say about this. If you, if you want to climb Mount Everest, you know, more power to you. More power to you. But, you know, me, I like it here, uh, where, um, everyone else is. Uh, the only, the only high elevation that I can, that I look forward to going to is, um, heaven. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. I will talk to you all on Monday. Have a fantastic weekend.